Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Weekly Racing Roundup. I'm your host, Race Car Dave. Taking a look at the broad world of motorsports this week for Sunday, January 24th, we've got two WRC legends duking it out for the win in Saudi Arabia at the Dakar 2024. We've also got a preview of the World Rally Championship with their opening round next week being the Monte Carlo Rally. And then bringing it all up, we're going to take a look into IMSA at their roar before the 24, getting our final form guide for the 24 hours of Daytona and peeking in and seeing who the runners and riders are going to be for this year's IMSA season. Thank you for joining me. Uh, before we start the Dakar review, I just want to mention um, a rider passed away riding stage eight, Carlos Falcone. 45-year-old from Spain. Oh, boy. The Dakar put on a show. A couple of rally legends really duking it out until about the second to last day. Let's not mess around. Let's start out with King Carlos. King Carlos brings it home for Audi. In their third year trying, this was their mic drop attempt to win the Dakar, and they pulled it off. Interesting to note, uh, Carlos Sainz, this is the fourth different manufacturer that he's won the race in. He's won in a Volkswagen, a Mini, a Peugeot, and now in the Audi. And this is Audi's first win, and it'll probably be their last for a long time. Impressive technical achievement as it was a uh, diesel-electric hybrid, very cool car. This is probably the last time we'll ever uh, see that. Uh, interesting to note, too, Smooth Operator Sr. also did this whilst never winning a single stage, which I'm sure that Sebastian Loeb, who finished third and won four or five stages, he was racking up stage wins in the back half of the rally. I'm sure he would trade all those stage wins for getting it done. Uh, Demethis from Toyota is actually the one who finished second about an hour and 20 behind Carlos, bringing home, bringing home a Toyota Hilux, which incidentally wasn't the factory Toyota Hilux. That was actually a customer team. Neither of the factory Hiluxes finished in the top 10. As far as some of the other people involved, uh, Nasser Alatia, he, he was out. He DNF'd at about stage 10. And he did not seem like a very happy individual. I am not sure we're going to see him back with ProDrive next year. Definitely um, not towing the PR line there at the end. Very upset. Very upset. Other people we do want to mention uh, in bikes, American Ricky Brayback brings it home 10 minutes and 53 seconds ahead of Ross Branch. Interesting note about Ross Branch here. He was riding a hero motorcycle a brand i'd never heard of before watching the dakar that is an indian brand motorcycle uh, very exciting to see new brands coming from around the world apparently hero knows how to screw together a pretty decent uh, dirt bike uh, other noticeable uh winners uh it looked like mitch guthrie was going to bring home the w in the challenger class or the uh 
prototype side-by-side class. But unfortunately, his car, he lost an hour and 40 minutes on the last stage with a bad turbo and transmission. That meant Christina Gutierrez was the winner. Uh, Only the second female class winner in Dakar history. So exciting there. Always interesting to see that uh, there's a lot of motorsports around the world where women are successful and making it happen. That pretty much wraps up what happened at the Dakar. Uh, If you didn't watch it, you can go back and watch all the stages. They have little highlight videos that do all the stages. And if you string them all together, it told a very interesting story. The battle between Sainz and Loeb really went down to the second to last day where where Loeb was definitely bringing a lot more pace and Smooth Operator Sr. was just coolly guiding that car to the finish line. Incidentally, it was useful that he had a couple of teammates that were still in the running, so if he was short of spares or needed any assistance, he basically had the other two factory Audis of extra Mepetter Hansel right there at the ready where the Pro Drive effort, all their cars just kind of... They were fast but fragile this year. It kind of seems to be the thing with those pro-drive hunter buggies is they are fast but fragile. Anyway, really exciting race. Really cool to see Carlos win. Really cool to see Audi win in their last attempt. It's a walk-off home run for a program that's had a tough three years. Driving a race car is like playing a musical instrument, then these next guys, they are the jazz musicians of of the car world. I'm talking about WRC. We've got the opening round coming up next week, Rally Monte Carlo. Uh, We'll get into what that event historically represents, but first let's just take a quick uh, dip into WRC and see what's going on this year. Uh, Last year's champion, Cali Robin Paris, feeling a little burnt out at 23. He is going to be taking a part-time schedule going into this year because he wants to try his hand at circuit racing. I think he's going to try and pull a Sebastian Loeb and and start dipping his toes into other forms of motorsport before he gets too old and crusty. What that means for us this year is that he will not be able to repeat as the world champion. Uh, When we're talking WRC, we're really talking about three manufacturers. We're talking about Toyota, Hyundai, and Ford. Uh, the Toyota car has been the class of the field for the last two years. It's it's an utterly dominant car. And with that being the case, the uh, uh, second driver of the team, Elvin Evans, does look to be the odds-on favorite for the championship this year. He also has Takamoto Katsuta as his full-time teammate. They also will rotate in a third and fourth car. Uh, Robin Perra will appear at certain rounds, and this will be important for next week. Sebastian Ogier will be driving the third car next week. Next up, Hyundai. Hyundai is always putting in a solid car, but they've never actually got themselves that world championship they've been looking for. Thierry Neuville was the most likely team leader this year. He has always been the bridesmaid, but never the bride. Never taken home the championship. Moving back over from M Sport, Otanic, the 2019 champion, is back at Hyundai. So he is also kind of the third guy to watch as far as truly dangerous guys for 2024. 
uh, Ford is going to be bringing in a pair of youngsters, Ford run by M Sport, who we've mentioned before. They just ran the factory Ford program at Dakar first year, so they didn't have a lot of success, but they're working on it. Adrian Formo and Giori Munster will be the two drivers for M Sport. A little bit about the Monte Carlo rally itself. This rally dates back all the way to 1911. In its original format, people would start from all over Europe, and then the finish line was in Monte Carlo. But it started to become a more modern-style rally in 1973 when the World Rally Championship started going there. It still had the bizarre format where people could choose where to start, and then they would race into Monte Carlo for the win. Since 1997, it's been the opening round for the WRC. They took a brief uh, hiatus between 09 and 011, but it is in fa- it is really kind of the traditional start of the season. What's uh, interesting about the rally and what really brings it home to me when I'm watching it on TV is it's paved roads, but it's in the winter through a mountain pass. So sometimes there's snow, sometimes there's ice. It kind of looks like the roads outside right now, just kind of depending on the day and the sector. You get different conditions. Uh, Sebastian Auger, who I mentioned will be doing a part-time ride at the Toyota for this year, has in fact won this race nine times. He is Mr. Monte Carlo. So he really does appear to be the odds-on favorite for this event coming up. Uh, The event will be running between January 25th and 28th. Uh, Really kind of hard to find on the TV, but if you get on the interwebs and look up Dirt Fish... And WRC's own feed, they'll give you highlight reels at the end of each day so you can kind of peek in. And it is some of the most spectacular things you're ever going to see. The onboards are bizarre and often I just kind of I feel sick to my stomach sometimes. It makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Super exciting, though. Again, January 25th to 28th, the Monte Carlo Rally. Check it out. <laughs> Ford, McLaren, BMW, Porsche, Acura, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Lamborghini, Lexus, Cadillac. If you like the car in race cars, then sports cars is where it's at. They have all the cars. All the cars. And all the cars are going to be showing up for the first time this year at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. This is kind of the grand culmination of the grand unifying theory of sports car racing. This is the year where if you buy a GT3 car, you can take it anywhere on the planet. From Daytona to Bathurst to Nürburgring to the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Same car, anywhere on the planet. Even the top class at IMSA, GTP, is also eligible for Le Mans like they were last year. This is really a dawning of a a new golden age in sports car racing. Kind of trying to get the balance of cost and performance, and balance of performance together. Uh, Let's take a quick look at what happened at the Roar before the 24. Dumb name for a very good event, the qualifying for the 24 Hours of Daytona. In GTP, we had Cadillac 1-2 with the wheel in Cadillac, with Pippo Durrani at the wheel getting the pole position, breaking last year's lap record by one and a half seconds. At the second place, we had Chip Ganassi racing Cadillac with Seabass, Sebastian Bourdais at the wheel. And then Penske Porsche, number seven, Felipe Nazar bringing it home in third. In LMP2, we had 
the fastest CEO in racing, Ben Keating out there getting pulling LMP2. Weirdly enough, he's going to actually be doing double duty between his LMP2 car and he's going to be driving a customer GTP Porsche in GTP. Duh. So that's going to be a busy individual next week. Down in the grand, or down in the GT class, we're going to have Porsche, everyone's favorite Porsche, Rexy, the number 77 Porsche from IO Racing in first place at the hands of Prio. Uh, Vassar Sullivan Racing uh, with their Lexus R- RCF in second place. And Pratt and Miller of Corvette Racing fame brought their factory Corvette home in third place in qualifying. On the AM side, the Vassar Sullivan Amateur Lexus car is on pole. Uh, MDK Racing brought a Porsche 911 home in second, and Acura with an NSX-R at the, with the hands of Catherine Legg coming home in third place. Now, this is a very exciting thing to check out. Ultimately, in a 24-hour race, qualifying probably isn't that big of a deal, but you know, moving qualifying towards the front of the grid will keep you out of trouble, at least in that opening hour opening stint. This is going to be the race to watch next week. Folks, really excited to see the sports car season open up. And the event always draws drivers from all over the world. We've got half of the IndyCar grid. We've got sports car drivers. All the factory drivers from all the different marks are there, sprinkled throughout the field. We've even got uh, Jensen Button, former Formula One world champion, and Felipe Massa, man who believes he's a former Formula One world champion, in the field this year. It's going to be a very exciting race to watch. Check that one out next Saturday. Okay, that's going to do it this week on the weekly racing roundup. We've got next week, we've got an exciting week. We're really starting to get into some fun stuff. We got Rally Monte Carlo starting Thursday. Uh, the 24 Hours of Daytona is going to be on Saturday. And Saturday and Sunday next week, we're going to see rounds two and three of the Formula E Championship from Saudi Arabia. Lots of good stuff to check out next week. All right, my name is Racecar Dave. Uh, this has been the Weekly Racing Roundup, and everybody keep the rubber side down.